Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined once again by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you this weekend, man? Man, I'm doing good, Greg, and um, kind of hit me today that after this week, things are just going to pick up more and more. We got plenty of <laughs> plenty to talk about, so I'm excited to jump into it. it. Yeah, we got a lot going on this week, and you're right. It's it's only going to get busier from here, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for everybody, right? I know the fans are itching for things to pick up, and we we had a lot of news this week, um, and we've got to have a lot more to come in, in the coming weeks. So let's not spend any more time rambling on for me. Uh, let's. What do you got? Let's get into it. First things first, I wanted to touch on the tight end talk, which I think has become an interesting storyline with Nebraska. You and I were both thinking the same thing. I saw your tweet about, you know, what's in the water with the Nebraska tight ends. Uh, really what prompted that was Michael Burt out of uh, Creighton Prep receiving an offer from Iowa and then Minnesota, Illinois, and Nebraska all following suit on the same day. And just what that says about the tight end position, and we'll we'll kind of get into the weeds here on all of the great tight ends that Nebraska's produced in the last couple of years. But uh, just focusing first on Michael Burt, what was your thoughts on uh, him getting an offer and kind of where did that all come from? <laughs> Man, what a night that was for him, right? Picking up those four Big Ten offers, like really back to back to back to back in the same night. And our Steve Mark has a great story up uh, on Inside Nebraska, kind of detailing that night. He spoke with Michael um, and kind of talked about how much of a whirlwind that was for him. Uh, but it's really fascinating, right? As tight end is a thing that it just feels like Nebraska, the state has been growing those guys like crazy over the last handful of years and Michael is the latest one and he's really a unique case to me just for him specifically in that obviously well not obviously if you if you know high school football here in Nebraska you know that Creighton Prep does not throw the ball a ton they they are if you think Creighton Prep you think running the football and really strong offensive lines um Sam Sledge current Nebraska player had been heading up that offensive line uh for years and there were other guys on that line that were very good and that'll continue I'm sure um even though those guys are gone and so he doesn't have a ton of catches uh, at the high school level, but he's got a lot of good athleticism. And obviously he went out to some camps and performed well. And those Big Ten schools have really liked him so far. Nebraska, one of them. And to give you a quick recruiting note on that as well, Michael does have an official visit lined up for Nebraska on uh, June 16th here. So next weekend, he'll be in for Nebraska at Nebraska for his official visit. So we'll see how that goes. I do think that he's in that category of Nebraska was a dream offer for him. Uh, so we'll kind of see where that goes. Yeah, and kind of what prompted all this conversation, even prior to him, and we touched on touched on this on the last episode, was Chase Lofton getting an offer. Right. And Chase Lofton obviously being 2025, Burt being 2024, so he would be a member of this class. And you just you look at the list of guys that are either from the state of Nebraska or and Thomas Fedoni, we threw on this list because he's a husker and from the Nebraska region. Uh, yeah. Council Bluffs. I don't know who wants to claim that, but um, <laughs> here's the list that I come I have come up with, and you let me know if I missed on anyone. Noah Fant, yeah. who obviously went to Iowa and had a great career out of Omaha. Cam Jurgens, who was initially supposed to be a tight end and got switched to center, and I think that panned out for him. <laughs> Thomas so. Thomas Fedoni, AJ Rollins, who was also switched positions. Ben Brommer, Micah Riley-Ducker, Caden Helms, and then now Chase Lofton and Michael Burt. That's a long list of guys that are from Nebraska that have um, high power five offers. So 
What does that just say about the talent of this region? It doesn't seem like Nebraska's ever going to have to go far to find their tight ends. Yeah, and that's also uh, Luke Lindenmeyer, um, who has played uh, for Nebraska here recently. Like the, You've got a couple guys, too, that kind of slipped through the cracks of Power 5 offers that then have gone on to contribute, too, right? So I'm, I'm with you. It doesn't feel like Nebraska's had to go far uh, for their tight ends, and, it, and that kind of makes it funny in a way that it's they went to Texas – is Our forfeiture is who I was thinking of. He he now has gone right. on scholarship, um, and so he's another guy too. Yeah. Lindenmeyer is not on scholarship yet, but he's on the team and playing. Um, but forfeiture is another one. Um, but that, like I said, that makes it ironic in a way that they went to Texas to get some tight ends, as they got Ishmael Smith Flores in the last class. Um, they've got Ian Flint in this class, even though he you know might as well count as a Nebraskan, uh, considering you know both his parents went to Nebraska. His sister um, is a track athlete at Nebraska currently, so you know that that is as close as you can get without being from here and so yeah it's it's does that mean then that Nebraska really should be looking at these guys here in state, whether it is, you know, guys that were super highly recruited, like obviously Jurgens, um, when he was a tight end, was very highly recruited. Fedoni, obviously, as well. Um, and Bramer was also highly recruited, but my, Riley Ducker and Caden Helms both had big time recruitments as well. So, yes, you want to be able to recruit those guys, but we've also seen that it's not just those guys that have gone on to play Power Five football, it's also guys that have been a little bit more under the radar that have also come through. So it is a unique thing where maybe Nebraska, and I would be curious to ask, like get Matt Rule's take and Bob Wager's take on this, is if when they took this job, did they know that this area had produced this, not even this area, this state had produced this many power five level tight ends. And then if you fan it out to just the, even not just the 300 mile radius, there's even more guys when you go into Missouri and Kansas. Um, so I think it's a fascinating subplot of what's happened here and that's why i think that fans feel really confident that you're always going to find these guys at tight end because it seems like they always pop up right now you're just on an incredible run with it yeah definitely and one more question on michael burt before we talk about some commitments um i'm wondering what your take would be on this greg if he has a committable offer i know nebraska is in a race still with they have two tight end commits so does georgia who Nebraska and Georgia are obviously competing for Carter Nelson. And so I think Nebraska probably learned their lesson with getting burned on Rezac offering too late. So they wanted to put that offer out for Michael Burt um, and things have trended Georgia's way, but would Nebraska essentially, are they going to take uh, Burt over um, Carter Nelson or how, how do you think their, their game plan is? with uh, this they have one spot left how do you think they would go about it yeah I actually think they have a template in a way for this and I think it was the Dylan Rayola Danny Kalen situation right um I think that that is essentially a very similar situation to what we would be in right now I think that Matt Rule would be honest with Michael Burton in this case my theory is that he would tell him hey listen you know that we've been recruiting Carter Nelson hard for a long time he's another in-state guy we would love to have him in the fold we really like you as well then just be honest with him about the situation and that they have to find out 
from Carter Nelson first. There's also a little bit of wiggle room there because you just don't know with some of these tight end guys um, outside of Nelson on how they're going to continue to grow in other positions that they might play. We talked about A.J. Rollins a little bit earlier and that, you know, he came in in a group with three tight ends in his recruiting class. Um, and then now he, he's the he moved positions. Fedoni is the only man standing in that group because James Carney is transferred, right? So you just never know how those things could work out. So they could try and find a way um, with the numbers as well. But yeah, that's a good question. I think that they could play it a lot of the same way that they did at quarterback. And it actually is easier at tight end just because you have more flexibility there. All right. Well, we'll keep tabs on that. There'll be plenty to follow, obviously, with those guys taking visits later on this month. All right. In the last week, we have uh, <laughs> we've seen three more commitments to Nebraska, two for 2024, one for 2025. So a uh, couple to break down. The first one, I believe, came was uh, Mario Buford. So I don't think this one was too surprising. Uh, Nebraska, even the previous staff was involved in his recruitment, but Matt Rule was able to seal the deal with him. So just talk about that commitment and what that meant for Nebraska and for Mario Buford and his family. Yeah, I think I think you mentioned the word family there. That's what it really it was a big deal for the family aspect that they that they that Mario got from Matt Rule and his staff. I think that he told me that, you know, he just felt so at home at Nebraska and what they were able to present to him. And he knew kind of that first, I think it was the Friday night of his official visit when they were at the first dinner that Nebraska was going to be the place for him. That was when that decision was made um fully because of what how Matt Rule presented their plan for him and how how, you know, defensive backs coach Evan Cooper really went out of his way to say that we want you independently of your brother being here. We would, we, even if he wasn't here, we would still be recruiting you. And I think that Mario really bought into that. And again, that, but the family feel doesn't just have to do with his brother. It goes through the whole staff and how they all recruited him, how there's that Texas flavor building on the team right now. There were a lot of positives in Nebraska's uh, ledger on that one. And I think they're getting a fantastic player in Buford too. I think he's underrated. I think that he's a really good football player that can play any of those five spots in Tony White's 335 on the back end. Yeah, I think you just kind of laid it out. He seemed like he was a good fit for Matt Rule independently mm -hmm. of being the brother of Marquise Buford. All right, another guy who's who might have the record for most unofficial visits to Nebraska and another <laughs> commitment that wasn't terribly too surprising is Tyson Terry. He's 2025 mm -hmm. as we mentioned. Uh, why is that a big deal for Nebraska to get to lock him up? Oh, this one is so this is interesting. So we talk a lot about in-state recruiting, right? And how Nebraska, like Matt Rule has put an emphasis on keeping kids home. And, and I feel like we talk a lot about the struggles, right? We talk about, oh, well, is Carter Nelson kind of wavering on that? What are the receivers at Bellevue West doing? You know, you see Teddy Rezac commit to Notre Dame right away. And so it starts to pile up where it, we focus so much on the negative, but we don't realize that there's a flip side of that where guys really are buying into what Matt Rule and his group are selling. Um, and I think that Tyson Terry's commitment is a huge data point of saying if, if a kid gives the staff a chance, they're going to really like these guys. Tyson Terry has basically, well, it wasn't even basically told me. He told me on video in January, you can find the video right here on this YouTube channel, that the previous staff, he did not have a good relationship with those guys. They did not keep in contact with him enough. And he just did not feel a good relationship with the position coaches or the defensive coaches. Like he really laid that out. And so to go from that, to what 
in uh, in June, the second week of June, um, after Matt Rule gets here, to, for him to be committing for the 2025 class, that tells you all you need to know about the amount of ground that this staff made up. I think that's a, it's a huge deal, not just for what they're getting on the field, but what it showed for how Matt Rule and the staff can make up ground with recruits in state. Yeah, and with his wrestling background and just his versatility, possibly play either side of the ball, I'm sure primarily they're looking at him as a nose tackle. That's just a big get in general, not just yeah, I really like from him, Nebraska, yeah. just a good athlete. But, all right, one more commitment that just happened today. Camden Cook, if the name sounds familiar, yes, he's the <laughs> legacy son of uh, Sam Cook, who's a great Nebraska punter oh. back in the early 2000s. And uh, interesting on this one, yes, it, it moved really quickly. He was at Nebraska yesterday and got the offer, but uh, I think you and I talked about this off air. This kind of is another interesting development when you look at it big picture is that he's receiving a scholarship to punt at Nebraska, and that would be the third uh, specialist that received a scholarship from Matt Rule when you count Marco Ortiz, the long snapper transfer from Florida, and then Tristan Alvano. So. Uh, what does that say about Matt Rule's commitment to special teams? And uh, just uh, what was the reaction to Cam Camden Cook committing and getting that scholarship? Yeah, I think the scholarship deal, it, it sends a message, um, in my opinion. Like, it tells you right there that they're going to be serious. Because it's not, you know, as you were saying that, though, it made me think of something else. They also, you know, have a full-time special teams coach, right? <laughs> yeah. You have Ed Foley as the guy. So, like, we put all the pieces together then. We, we have scholar, you have scholarship, each piece of the, the equation for special teams, and you have a dedicated coach. You will not go to practice and not think that special teams isn't important for this football program anymore. You just won't. Like, that's what the overall messages uh by going ahead and doing that um so it's a really big deal it's also extremely cool to have the sam cook's uh son coming to nebraska to punt like on its own like just having that storyline is awesome we always love the legacies but that particular one the all-time great punter uh for nebraska is really cool and then camden is a good player in his own right obviously by getting a scholarship to to a big 10 school to, to come punt um so it's a really cool deal all around like that i think it ha i think that this should be exciting for fans and i think they were you look at our inside board like people were kind of fired up about that um and they kind of realized and i think after all those one score losses you realize just how much of a difference good special teams can have and i the final point i would like to make on that and i feel like we all talked about this as a staff as we were going through the season it felt like every team nebraska played had some great punter like even or kicker like even if they weren't like going to end up being first team all big 10 because there were too many of them it feels like the big 10 is where all great kickers and punters reside um and so nebraska needs to be a equipped with their own yeah it's one of those things that i think you would take for granted typically but then you could mm -hmm. just kind of look at when's the last time nebraska had great special teams well that was the last time they were competing for you know bowl games and conference championships but all right blitzing right along as we do the weekend they had uh they had some camps and uh, unofficial visitors uh there were two that i wanted to touch on with you greg one is linebacker mm -hmm. Derek brown the other quarterback, Stone Saunders. So let's start with Derek Brown, the linebacker who took a visit. Seemed like he really liked it, and he shared some information and insight with you. So uh, what uh, came from that weekend with him? 
Yeah, I think that it was to me the thing that stood out is that he came ready to work um, this weekend at Nebraska. Um, he's at Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. If that that school sounds familiar, that's uh, where Casey Rogers came from, recent defensive lineman here at Nebraska, and a number of other players have been there too that have go, uh, gone throughout college football. He's originally from North Carolina, um, and so he's a 2024 recruit. So he's in this current recruiting class that we're you know in the cycle for. Um, but he came to Nebraska ready to show what he had. He wanted to show that he had improved his footwork and that he could change direction at linebacker he told me that they really put him through the ringer with the drills that Rob Dvorak the linebackers coach had him going through and he kind of laughed he was like I, I kind of liked it though he says that he ripped off a 4-5 40 yard dash and then had a 32 inch vert and they pulled him aside and gave him the scholarship offer afterwards that'll get it done right um, and so he was really jacked up I think the word he used was stoked he said he was stoked about picking up that visit or picking up that offer and he was actually going to stay an extra day um, and come back today on Sunday um, is when we record this and and camp again with Nebraska staff. So he's probably got even more insight uh, to give about what happened with the staff. It, it seems like a really nice under the radar deal um, where Duke has offered him recently. And there are a number of other power five schools that are trying to get him on campus to camp to kind of verify for themselves kind of his testing numbers and his size. But if you saw the picture of him and Matt Rule, he's jacked like the kid is yeah. huge. All right, and then the second guy, Stone Saunders, been on campus plenty of times, 2025 quarterback, and then I think already back to uh, Kentucky again today. So where do things stand between him and Nebraska, and maybe who are some of the teams to beat for him? Yeah, I, I think right now <laughs> Nebraska's in a really good position with Stone Saunders. I do think that he's their number one 2025 quarterback. Um, it was fascinating with him being back on campus. Number one, not only that he came back to campus, but he came back to campus and actually threw at the camp, like and worked out really hard. Um, and so it, like he didn't necessarily have to do that. He already had the offer. He was already number one on their board, in my opinion. Um, but it, it sounds like things went really well. He and then he enjoyed being coached up by Marcus Satterfield, Nebraska's offensive coordinator. But Another interesting wrinkle is that Danny Kalen was also there at this camp. So there's a photo floating around out there that they, that Stone tweeted out um, of both of them kind of side by side. And so, you know, you throw all the eyeball all eyeball emojis onto that one as well. Um, I do think that Kentucky is the main competition here for Nebraska. They have a 2025 quarterback already, but you never know if a team needs to take two or if, you know, they could convince somebody to do that. Uh, or if you get a reclassify situation with their current 25 guy, you just never know, right? I think that Clemson is another team to kind of keep an eye on if they were to offer. I think that that would be really, really enticing for him. But we'll see if that kind of comes through. But I do like where Nebraska stands with Stone Saunders. All right. Good stuff. All right, Greg, we got some fan submitted questions. Some Q&A yep. is back. Um, <laughs> as always, if you guys want to ask any questions, go ahead, comment them, and we will answer them as best as we can. One of them was regarding Eric Gilbert, and I think this is a good question because some people have kind of forgotten about this. He, When he initially came, um, and we last spoke to Matt Rule, he said that he was hoping to get Eric Gilbert uh, cleared to play. This would have been his second time transferring, so do we know yet? Has he received a waiver to play? What's the latest with that? The latest that I've heard is that that has not been fully cleared yet. Um, we will see. Like, I, I feel like that's one that people are just kind of waiting to get an official announcement. Um, I don't know if we'll get an official announcement or if we'll just get to fall camp whenever the next time, like we all talked to Matt Rule, someone will definitely ask him. This question is coming up in the first third of the questions that come up for Rule. So we'll it's TBD on that. But I, I do not believe that that's been officially approved just yet. But I do think that we people expect that to still happen. 
I think that's good that they had Nate Borkatcher in their back, po- back pocket, a scholarship right. caliber walk-on. All right, last question. Uh, I'm assuming this is Brandon Baker they're talking about. They <laughs> asked if Brandon, Nebraska has a chance with him. I know it's been a while since he took a visit. Uh, what What's sort of going on with that one? Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I do not think that Nebraska has a chance with him. Um, I try. Listen, I, you laugh. I I try to shoot you guys straight. I don't. I don't want to like blow smoke and be like, hey, yeah, oh yeah, we'll never. We never know. Like you could take that official. Um, I will say this, and this is got what unlimited I said ones now. Yeah, he's got unlimited ones now. And I I say this to you guys internally with the staff when we talk about these things. When a kid sets the official visit, in this particular case especially, that's when it'll perk my ears up a little bit. Um, I know he. Enjoyed that unofficial visit. Everybody enjoys those visits. So we'll see. I, I Right now, he does not have an official visit on the docket to Nebraska, but I think this weekend he's at Ohio State. He either has already been to Texas or will go. He's going to go to Oregon. He's definitely going to go to Georgia as well. So he's he is planning visits. Just doesn't have one plan uh, for Nebraska. I would also watch out for Florida State in that race as well. Um, I, if he, if I had to make a prediction, I think he ends up in Eugene um, at or at Oregon. But yeah, I, I think the ship has sailed with Nebraska. But we'll see. I guess crazier things have happened, and there are plenty of offensive line out there that they are uh, offering and targeting and have a good chance with. That one just felt like a long shot to begin with, but it, it really a big... did. That's it. You know what? It's a tough one because Nebraska, honestly, what I would say about that though is yes, it did, but that shows you where Nebraska wants to go, right? They're just not, I just don't think that they're there yet as a program, but under Matt rule, I do think they have a really good chance to get there, especially with these guys in the trenches, because that's what he's known for. Right. So th- there's an opportunity there. I just think it's too early for Nebraska to be in that type of fight, especially when we're talking about the teams that we're talking about with him being recruited by. Um, it's kind of the other who the who's who of college football that have had a lot of success recently. It's just really tough. Yeah, you made a good point a few episodes back, Greg, that uh, I guess never say never. I guess they if Nebraska starts hot in the fall with the unlimited official visits who knows who yeah they missed out on they could get back on campus and try to maybe give a second chance at yeah Uh, i definitely think that that is something that is on the minds of people around nebraska football that (laughs) that there's a chance for that to be able to happen and that doesn't mean that you know they start off 10 and 0 or something just that they show (laughs) that they're going in the right direction uh, early on i think that there will be an opportunity to circle back on some kids um that that have maybe that kind of ended the process early or had eliminated them previously that that could happen yeah absolutely well good insight as always greg and did i miss on anything no, I don't think so. I think that's going to do it for us. Another good episode, jam-packed one this week. Um, and like I said, we're going to have a lot more good stuff coming up here the rest of the week as things are really going to ramp up as Nebraska is going to have a kind of a weird week this week um, where they've got a couple of early week of or three early week official visits, one on Monday, uh, two on Tuesday, and then they'll have some in at the end of the week like normal. Uh, so make sure you keep it locked to InsideNebraska.com uh, where we'll keep you guys updated with the latest on everything going on. Also, make sure that you like this video up subscribe to the channel as well so we get these videos you get these videos directly in your feed uh we will catch you guys later